So for me personally, I just embraced it. Um, I don't I don't look at discomfort as a bad thing. It doesn't matter about, you know, where you come from, your race, you know, any of that. Like if it's something you want to do, just position yourself for it. So we're going to have those conversations, too. All right, you know, this is serious. Like, this is this is not a game. Mm-hmm. It's not Xbox. You know, I can't pause it, you know, restart it. Like, this is life. Welcome to the Black History Month Spotlight. This program shines the spotlight on African-American students, faculty, and staff, and alumni at the University of Wisconsin Oshkosh. I'm your host, Wendell Ray. Today, we spotlight educator, author, and entrepreneur, Dr. Sean Robinson, who is an alumnus of UWO. Dr. Robinson, thank you so much for coming by and talking to us today on Black History Month Spotlight. Thank you. Appreciate it. Tell us about uh, Dr. Robinson. Before Dr. Robinson was Dr. Robinson, um, tell us about your path to UWO. How did you get here, and um, what was your experience like when you uh, arrived? Uh, Yes. Uh, Actually, my mother found this... uh, uh, institution. Uh, I was uh, struggling academically in uh, self-contained classes, special education. Uh, most of my, uh, you know, middle school, elementary, high school uh, mm-hmm. journey, um, angry. Um, got kicked out of high school. When I was a sophomore. Um, really, really was on a, a wrong path academically and, and life itself, uh, just because I couldn't read. And uh, my mother was just trying to figure out why I was struggling so much academically. And, you know, she wasn't getting answers. You from uh, Wisconsin? No, I'm from Illinois. Okay. I'm uh, from uh, Wilmette area, sure. Evanston, North North Suburbs. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I had some great teachers, uh, some really great teachers in my special education classes and even at the alternative school I went to. Uh, but no one can really figure out why I was struggling academically. I knew that I uh, couldn't read and I was embarrassed by it. And so um, she was at a, a beauty salon one day and she overheard some parents talking about this program um, for adult learners with dyslexia. So my mother kind of leaned over trying to get some more information about the program. And uh, one of the parents said, uh, yeah, it's at the University of Wisconsin Oshkosh. It's called the Process Success Program. Yeah. And uh, they said there's a wait list, uh, but you should try to learn more or reach out to the um, director at, you know, at the time. And so my mom called um, at the time. Uh, Dr. Robert T. Nash and said, hey, I need help. My my son is struggling. I don't know what's going on. I can't get answers at the school. So he said, come up. Let's let's meet with, you know, you and your son and we'll try to f- figure out what's going on. So we're driving, you know, in the snowstorm. I'm kicking, cursing, saying, mother, I'm too slow. I'm too dumb. Let's mm-hmm. not go. And so she stops the car, calls him and says, hey, you know, between this snowstorm and my son throwing a temper tantrum, we're, we're just going to stop. We're just going to go home. He's like, no, you need to come. So mom gets in the car. Wow. We come. He calls me to his office. He gives me some assessments. He asks me to spell simple sight words that, you know, you, you probably spell at elementary grade level. And I couldn't spell them. And, you know, one of the words, particularly, he asked me to spell came. I was like, oh, yeah, easy, K-A-M, because phonetically, that's, that's how it sounds. Yeah. And so he gave me some more assessments. He says, man, you are one of the most illiterate kids I have ever seen in my life. He was like, you're bad. He was like, you have been failed by the system. He was like, I don't know how you got this far. <laughs> he just was very blunt about it. But you know what? You have a gift. I can see a lot of potential in you. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to accept you into my program 
but it doesn't guarantee you accepted into university. But if you accept my program and do the work, you get into university. Okay. So at that point, you know, my whole narrative changed and uh, a lot of people didn't believe I got in. Um, but at that, at that point, um, when I finally graduated high school, uh, I graduated reading at elementary level. I started the uh, summer program here in 96, about a week or two after I graduated high school. And um, after that, man, it's just uh, the, that's, the, that's the thing that changed my life. Did 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 you know you were dyslexic? Did you had anyone told you that before you no, met the doctor here? No, I was just they labeled me as slow, you know, dumb, stupid. I mean, I knew I couldn't spell and read because I avoided it in class. Every time somebody asked me to read something in class, I would do something that was uh, destructive. Okay, yeah, you know, self-destructing. Sure. Or I would, you know, uh, pick my nose. Even though it didn't, it didn't itch to a bleed just so I can get out of class. So at this time in the world, what was known about dyslexia? I mean, was this something that had been um, uh, well studied? I mean, and people were just missing it with you or people just really didn't know themselves what I think, dyslexia was? I think both. You know, I, I think, you know, um, you know, there's a small pocket of knowledge out there back then. Um, but it wasn't really something that a lot of people talked about. Uh, and even the instructional methods that are used probably weren't as used as much as they are used today, right? There's still a struggle today in school systems mm -hmm. with resistance and identification labels. Some people don't believe in dyslexia. So um, it all depends, you know, uh, uh, what a person's been trained or what their philosophy is. Tell, tell, tell our audience what is dyslexia. Uh, well, you know, a lot of people think it's, you know, you read backwards, you see letters, things, and you know, mix it up, jumble. But it's really comes down to the sound structure of our language. If I asked you how many sounds are in the word cat, you would say three. At. So you blend them together. So it's really understand the true sound structure of our American English language. How many sounds are in my name, Sean? Sh. Ah. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. So the letters S H. A W N sh ah n. Right. So it's identifying the sounds and then blame together to be able to enunciate and read them clearly, fluently, right? So if you could break a word up by sounds, by syllables, you can read it, you can spell it, mm -hmm. you can write it, right? So it's just really having a true understanding of the sound structure of our language and understanding that letters or letter have a sound. How did you feel when you finally had someone diagnose what your issue was or is? Um, you know, I don't know. It was just, uh, you know, at that time, I'm, you know, 18, immature, angry. Yeah. Have chip on my shoulder. I'm like, who's this joker? You know, like, but then, you know, I had some great um, upperclassmen that were also in the project and staff that are currently still here um, that, I guess, you know, they pour love into me, but also at the same time, they didn't put up with my, my attitude. They're like, either do it or go home. Yeah. You know, they're like, we're not going to tolerate this, you know, negativity and poor me and pity party. Like, they're like, if you want to get better, you're going to have to put the work into it. And I was like, I'm like, all right, you know, this is serious. Like, this is, this is not a game. Mm -hmm. It's not Xbox. You know, I can't pause it, you know, restart it. Like, this is life. And so um, I just, you know, once I was really able to, to uh, 
cracked the code and sort of understand the language system, and I just took off. I took off like Jesse Jackson, you know, I just, you know, hit that line and I was gone. Do you remember when that might have been, that moment when you said, okay, now, okay, I get it. Or was it one of those uh, get your act together speeches? What was the turning point for Sean Robinson? Um, probably my... Uh, Going into my uh, freshman year of college, uh, my professor had me spell the word monochromatism. And what, yeah, what, right. what I'm going to do with the word monochromatism? Um, I'm 18. I'm not going into any any field. Probably use that word ever. Who asked you to do that? Was this a my, biology professor? No, my, pro my professor, Dr. Robert T. Nash, who was the uh, founder and director of the Project Success Program. Okay. And uh, he just was like, Got me on the board and, you know, he uses a, a system and he said, I want you to spell this word phonetically and he broke it down. At that point, I'm like, damn, this is e like, I get like this, this is easy. So then at that time, man, I just, I just, like I said, I took off. I just, you know, um, sometimes I get nervous when I speak. So I meant to say Jesse Owens, right? I just hit that line and I was gone. Like. I just flew and I just ran. I took the baton and I just took off and I never looked back, you know, and um, six years of undergrad, five years of master's and seven years of PhD. I was in school 18 straight years, you know, grinded it out. No, um, you know, I had a lot of professors that failed me in undergrad here in Oshkosh, asked me what I'm doing here, um, you know, insulted me and told me I couldn't read. I said, well, thank you for telling me something that's obvious already, like, you know, and these were actually education or human services instructors right but again they had a deficit thinking about probably not just students with a learning disability but also black students in general right and so um i just you know i couldn't respond the way i wanted to respond when i was in high school because you know you're an adult now yeah so I, I had to i had to just uh grind it out i had to you know um the whole harness that anger and those emotions and find ways to uh release it you know and uh even in my PhD program, I had uh, two instructors that failed me and told me I should do something different. And I was like, well, first of all, you don't know who I am. And second of all, who are you to tell me what I should do? Like, yeah, yeah. are you God? Are you, you know, right. you, you know, and so I think they were shocked the fact that I um, spoke to them in a way that was real direct. I was like, you don't know who I am. Like, what you failed me is something I had never experienced before in my life. So it's just another obstacle for me, you know. They're like, oh, that's the attitude we were looking for. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. After yeah. you yeah. called them out. Yeah. Okay. Um, you're listening to the Black History Month Spotlight. Today we spotlight UW alumnus Dr. Sean Robinson. Inspiring story. Uh, got to UWO, was in a program uh, to help him with his dyslexia. Of course, at this time, he's 18, and, and uh, there is some uh, pent-up uh, frustrations and anger. And so he had to work through that. And we're talking about that today on the Black History Month Spotlight. Um, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about uh, uh, Dr. Robinson's life and also about Dr. Dyslexia Dude, that character and how it evolved. I'm Wendell Ray. We'll be back in just a second. You're listening to 90.3 WRST-FM. This is the Black History Month Spotlight. The Black History Month Spotlight is a production of 90.3 WRST-FM in cooperation 
with the African-American Studies Program at the University of Wisconsin Oshkosh. I'm your host, Wendell Ray. Today, we spotlight Dr. Sean Robinson, who is an alumnus of UWO, got here uh, through an unconventional program, I guess, but it was uh, one that helped him, uh, who eventually graduated from UWO and then went on to get his Ph.D., here he's telling us about uh, what he does. Tell us, uh, Dr. Robinson, what are you doing currently or what happened once you got your Ph.D.? Uh, then what was your uh, route? Well, I guess same thing, non-traditional. You know, I tried the, the whole higher education um, track. It just wasn't really, I guess, for me. Um, you know, I had publications and, you know, success, but uh, I, I found myself you know, having a lot of resistance in the traditional space. Well, we love diversity, mm-hmm. you know, but no, not really. And so I just uh, f- found myself, um, you know, staying focused. And again, uh, I was r- doing a lot of uh, writing about black boys and dyslexia. And I, I really... Scholarly work. Yeah, scholarly work okay. and writing about it. And uh, my first article in 2013, I think it's the, the first published article on black boys and dyslexia. And uh, so, again, I was doing a lot of work and writing, and I was like, you know what? Something this wasn't feeling right about um, what I was doing in terms of giving back to society. And so I asked my wife, I said, you know what? What if we write a, like a graphic novel or a kid's book? You know, she's like, oh, I think this might be a good idea. I said, because you know what? I can write all day and, you know, peer review articles, but that's not really going to have an impact or reach the people that need to be reached. Yeah, they're not going to read that article. No, so she was like, okay. You know, some of my my peers, college college at the time, like, oh, that's not a good idea. Don't do it. You know, I'm like, okay, don't need, okay, whatever. So I stayed focused, stayed, stayed. (laughs) Seems like there are a lot of people in your life telling you that yeah i don't pay attention to that stuff it's like you know sideline chipper i don't have time for that man it's you know stay in your lane stay focused that stuff's just distraction and mm-hmm. you know i don't think they know what they're doing sometimes when they do that uh, you know it's just it's just a spirit man you know yeah. so i don't you know so my wife and i stay focused and i i tried to write the first uh um draft of it i was like oh yeah i got this my wife took it she was like ain't no one reading this like, this is garbage. It's <laughs> like, good to have somebody check right? it. <laughs> she, she was like, this is way too academic. She's like, no kid's uh, going to read this. Right. You know, that's how I was trained. Yes. So, you know, that's all I knew how to write was that way. Sure. And she was like, yeah, no, this this is garbage. She's like, no one's going no to read this. Let, let me do it. So she did it. She's a little more creative than me. I think, you know, look, man, I don't, you know, I'm not jealous. Sure. Maybe a little bit. I might cry when I go home, but, you know, <laughs> she, she took it and uh, she took kind of what I had and she knew my, my path and my research and she um, wrote it. And then she said, hey, how does this sound? So then we started getting um, some people in the field to do reviews of it, to ask before we went out and, you know, published it. And, man, it was, it, it was so powerful that in 2018 when we um, – First published it, we 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 uh, pu- we published t- ten thousand copies, and today uh, we have only one thousand six hundred books left. Wow! So, what was the name of this new book? This uh, children's the, the first one. It's just Doctor Dyslexia Dude. Okay. Yep. And who is Doctor Dyslexia Dude? Uh, well, the Doctor Dyslexia Dude is based on my lived experiences as a as a young student with dyslexia, um, and just really trying to 
um, share share my experiences in a in a way that brings hope to kids, right? So, kids with dyslexia uh, or anybody understands that regardless of where you started, you know, you could be successful. Just got to put the time into it. So we wanted to really share a story of hope. Uh, we wanted to sh share a story of love, and really to get in kids engaged with reading, right? And Graphic novels do that, right? Kids love graphic novels. They love comics. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to make it something that was going to be um, an eye-catcher for them. And so the, the first book really sets the stage for my experiences, how I got to Oshkosh, you know, and prior to and, you know, during a little bit. And the second book is um, the same title, but it's dealing with um, being resilient and how to be resilient in the face of adversity. And the third book is really uh, more for elementary school kids, and it deals with cracking the code and understanding sounds. I talked about before, early before we, you know, we started. Yeah. It's just having students appreciate language. And so, um, again, we wanted to do something that was um, different, you know. And um, I don't know any other book um, out there that really speaks to, you know, mainly not just students with dyslexia, but black boys with dyslexia. I'm unapologetic, all right, for that audience, for all kids with dyslexia, but I want to make sure that young African-American boys can see themselves in a light that's positive within the literature. Do you ever work one-on-one -on -one or in groups with that group of students? I work with all students. All well, students. But let's talk about them. All right. uh, what is What do you say to a young boy who was like you growing up maybe not even understand what's going on just think that they can't get it for whatever yeah. reason and so now i'm resistant to education yeah. what do you what are you saying to them i uh, i just tell them the truth you know i'm just very upfront. don't hold nothing back just tell them look if you want to put the time into it you're gonna have to do the work i'm here to help you i'm gonna guide you uh, I'm going to give you the tools. Yeah, but everybody says that. Many people could have said that. How do you connect with them in terms of the issues that they're having with dyslexia? How do you let them know this is something that can be overcome? Oh, I just do the same thing that I, that uh, Dr. Nash did with me. Okay. Open up a dictionary, teach them how to use it. Boom. Because a dictionary does three things to a student. One, you teach a student how to use a dictionary, it builds confidence. Two, it gives them a sense of empowerment, right? Okay. And it also allows them to be independent. Every student wants that. They want to feel confident. They want to feel independent. And they want to be empowered. Confidence, independent, empowerment. I mean, the dictionary is probably the, one of the most unutilized resources in, the, in public education. I mean, think about it. Malcolm used it in the, in, in the prison. Yeah, I why, mean. Why don't we use it in the school systems? One of my favorite classes that I still use today, the information I learned, was a class I took in high school etymology and we had to learn the roots of words and we used the dictionary every day just listing hundreds of tens whatever amounts of words and it, you're right it helped me to learn it's a free to, resource to <laughs> yeah right you could do it on your on your computer your cell phone or if you're old school you can get a hard copy open it up but most people don't know how to use it and it's one of the most powerful resources out here outside of, you know, if you get into re religion, uh, you I'm know, sure. Quran, the Bible, you know, a book. The dictionary is full of knowledge. It's right there. You just got to know how to use it. So how do you teach these young men 
how to use it. I mean, it's not just, okay, here's a book. But how do you teach them, you know, how to crack that code like someone helped you crack the code? Yeah, so, you know, um, I work with boys and, and girls, you know, middle, middle school, high school adults. So I teach them that, you know, on the dictionary, if you open up the, the dictionary, first thing you have to know is the alphabetic principle, right? The A, B, C. You have to know where you're looking for and know what letter or letters come next. And sometimes you have to sca scaffold them and, and kind of guide them until they get it. But then they have to understand there's the, the guy words and the head words. So they get to the, pa the page and they see that the word is all the words on the left-hand side, right? They're all bold print. Mm -hmm. well, those bold print really tell us how the word is spelled. And the little dots in between are not the syllable divisions. They're the end of line division marks. So you're on the computer, paper, and you get to the end of the line, mm -hmm. you start the next sentence, that's what it's for. The true syllable division pronunciation is a small print that's to the right. So I tell them, all we're doing is matching the sounds with the letters. It's a puzzle. You're not matching letters with sounds, you're matching sounds with letters. And so once they see that, they're like, oh, wow. Like, it just, their eyes light up like they... It's just a, a, a feeling of success, of knowing that connecting sounds with letters. And then once they do that, say, hey, let's look at the syllable divisions. Now let's understand where we break the word up. How many syllables are there? Is it an open syllable, closed syllable, our control syllable? And then I tell them something that really blows their mind. This blew my mind when I was a student too. If I have a student, I'm not going to sit there and say, hey, Wendell, I want you to read this word from left to right, and you struggle, right? Mm -hmm. So I tell them to read it backwards by syllables. So think of the word monochromatism. Monochromatism. T monochromatism. The last sound is tism, mm -hmm. right? Monochromatism. So you break it up, read it backwards. So monochromatism. Zum, tism, monochromatism. So you break it up, go backwards, and then read it frontwards. So, and what does that do? How does uh, that help? Oh, man, it blows their mind because if they're struggling reading a word left to right, right, getting it off of the paper, why sit there and make them struggle more? Okay. Break it up phonetically backwards and then connecting it. So uh, it's easier for me to have a, you know, something um, I'm trying to find something I can see visually here to try to do it. Like Oshkosh, right? Okay. Just read it backwards. What's the Osh? Kosh. What's the last syllable? Kosh. Yeah. What's the first syllable? Osh. Oshkosh. Kosh. Oshkosh. So you teach a student how to read the last syllable and the syllable before it and the syllable before that, and then you blend it together. So they can see how it's connected. So they take the word, break it apart backwards, but they're really, they're putting it together forwards at the same time. So they're taking it by chunks versus saying, hey, I just want you to read the word, you know, Oshkosh. And they're sitting there like, I, 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 you know, they struggle. Well, what's the last syllable? Kosh. What's the first one? Ash. Put it together. What do you have? Oshkosh. Tell us about uh, Dr. Dyslexia. The imagery in that first book or the books, the series that you now have out I know it's more than words because in a children's book, you got to have yeah. images yes. to keep them 
interested. Yeah. What is the imagery and how was that developed for Dr. Dyslexia? Yes, so uh, really um, one of my uh, fraternity brothers, Brandon Hadnot, um, is an illustrator. We gave him the content. We said, do what you do. And he just did it. I'm not an artist. I draw strict figures. <laughs> <laughs> right, that wouldn't work. No. So he, he took it and he took it to a whole other level. And um, the imagery is, is powerful. Um, it, it's uh, emotional. It's inspiring. I mean, we get, you know, emails, um, written letters, mail letters from from kids, from classrooms, from teachers, from parents, thanking us not to write a book, but also the representation that's in the book too. Because again, it's culture responsive, it's authentic, it's realistic, and, uh, you know, there's, there's power behind imaging. And, you know, Brandon, he did a heck of a job, you know, and... Um, you know, we even we even had um, decoding dyslexia out of California had partnered with uh, the Golden State Warriors two years ago, I believe, to do a book read uh, virtual for students in Oakland. Okay, and they chose our book. Nice. They had a uh, Gary Payton, the the, the uh, second, the yeah. son who uh -huh. played for them, read our book. Uh, you can YouTube it, and he. I did. I saw it. Yeah, he loved it, man. I mean, you know, this is the image, man. I think it's just the representation of having finally a character, black and brown character in the context of children's literature that's not coming from a place of a servant, defiant, hopeless. You know, it's giving kids power. It's not showing them being, you know, uh, a victim of a system yeah, or less than or something yeah. right no mm -hmm. no success success we want kids to see success in the books and not just for students of color but all students right the book uh, we, we get kids from all nationalities loving our book because it inspires them now are school systems buying your book individuals who's buying this book I, I, who's I, been buying it I, you know if School systems. So, so that that was what I was wondering. Yeah. If, are there school systems that are using this to help the students that they are? Yeah, we've with? had school systems, higher education, community colleges, um, Boys and Girls Club, uh, one at Appleton. Um, we, we've had a variety of, of, you know, places that have um, bought the book. So it's, you know, not just for school systems. It's for everybody. Private tutoring we've had, you know, um, Corporations have bought the book to hand out, you know, to to you know organizations in the community. So we we've had a variety of of uh, you know places. And there are there doctor dyslexia is just not an image on the page. There is also a mascot, correct? Yeah. So yeah. tell us about that and how how people can get in touch with you if they want to know more about uh, doctor dyslexia dude. Yeah, so uh, we we have worked with a marketing firm. Uh, called uh, Peralto Design, and they were they were kind of helping us with our image and branding. And you know, I hate, used to wear a suit or a superhero outfit, but it was getting too raggedy. It was falling apart, and <laughs> you know, it was ripping. It was a tight, you know, spandex full suit. And so they say you need a new image, new suit. And suit doesn't doesn't translate to a new mascot. Like it's two different things. Okay. And so I like the bike, and I had a vision, and I was like, hey man, what if we did something different, completely different, and change the game? So I got it. We developed a, a mascot that's based on the character of the book, and um, it came out about two weeks ago. And 
Uh, we've had nothing but positive re responses from people, from kids, from parents. Uh, we had our, our first major appearance at the Wisconsin uh, Herd yeah. uh, G League team. Uh, they had a mascot, uh, like appreciation day for their mascot. Uh, it was his birthday. Okay. They had a mascot birthday party. And so we uh, attended and um, had a lot of great, a lot of great feedback um, from, you know, people in the audience. And actually one person uh, from a, another organization said to my performer, we've not seen a black superhero mascot before. Wow. Because mm. most of are animals, right? You yeah, see, right. Mostly, you know, animals or some sort of, you know, representation of, but not really a character outside of Black Panther, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't see anything that represents, you know, not just diversity, inclusion, but speaks off to students with dyslexia, but also black excellence too. Now you're online, so is that how people should get in touch with you about uh, maybe bringing Doctor Dyslexia Dude to their school or to their organization? Yeah, they can just uh, email me at drdyslexiadude@gmail.com, or they can follow us on Instagram. Man, it's been really good meeting you and coming by. Thanks so much for coming by and talking to us today on the Black History Month Spotlight. You're an inspiration, and keep up the good work. Thank you. Go Titans. <laughs> You've been listening yeah. to Black History Month Spotlight. The Black History Month Spotlight is a production of 90.3 WRST FM in cooperation with the African American Studies Program at the University of Wisconsin Oshkosh. I'm Wendell Ray. Thanks for listening, and have a great one.